What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. This is your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow football host, Alex Ruiz. Our third wheel, Matt, is on the bench tonight. Uh, not a COVID, He's not COVID-19 listed, but he's, uh, he's under the weather, so he's uh, sitting this one out. We've got his picks. I'm sure he'll have plenty to talk about uh, when uh, – we get into the group thread as we lead up into the week, but just for the show tonight, it is myself and Alex. So as always, it is a pleasure to talk football. Yeah, it's uh, it's always fun to be here, and you know, uh, just anybody out there, happy holidays and all that good jazz. That's I'm right. Looking forward to it this week. This is our pre-Christmas episode, so hopefully, wherever you're celebrating Christmas, we get Christmas Day football this year. Uh, two games we'll get into that so as always our show we start off uh, each and every night our drink of the night brought to you by our buddies at string sports brewery and we had a little friends white elephant ugly sweater christmas party over the weekend in which my gift that i ended up i i think i stole it from someone i can't remember I picked the gift, and I think my gift got stolen because it was pretty sweet, so then I stole somebody else's. But anyway, I wound up with a bottle of Jim Bean bourbon, so that's what I've got for this evening. Okay. Okay. I can rock it. That's yeah. Cool. I, yeah. Uh, my wife texted me while she was at the store because, you know, she's I'm, like, notoriously difficult to Christmas shop for because I don't I don't want anything. Right. Um. So it makes it tough because if I want something, then I just go and buy it, you know, whatever throughout the year that, you know, three times it happens. But right. He was like, you, you, you want some Mick Ultra as like, you know, as like a Christmas present or something. I'll, <laughs> I'll say, give, me, give me that. Yeah, I'll, sure. Just give me some beer. <laughs> I'm drinking a Mick Ultra infusions. Um, it is lime and prickly pear cactus. Okay. Well, there you go. Something, something different to the show. Yeah, yeah. It's, Keeping it's... our listeners on their toes. So hopefully, uh, you know, the holiday time, it is usually about family and food and football and festivities. And if you're drinking, drink responsibly. That's all we can hope for. So let's uh, let's recap the week that was in the NFL, the week 15. Um, this, you know, we mentioned COVID-19. It is starting to have its impact on the NFL again with players being put on the list and having to sit out games and games getting rescheduled and delayed and all sorts of shit. And something tells me, and I hope this is not the case, but these next three weeks, this whole COVID thing, who can play, who's, who can't play, whether they're, you know, they've gotten their vaccine or they haven't, there's different rules. The NFL has got a lot to figure out. um, But we'll, We'll kind of uh, be on our toes with, you know, who's playing each week um, when it comes to the COVID list. It's kind of a roller coaster right now. So let's recap week 15. It started out Thursday night, overtime thriller, Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs win the overtime. Coin toss, get the ball, go down the field, score a touchdown. Chargers defense ran out of gas in the second half, especially once Derwin James went out with that nagging hamstring injury chargers left a lot of points on the board they went 
for it on fourth and goal inside the red zone three different times and came away with zero points. Staley got roasted for it all week, but he stuck to his guns and he said that that's how they're going to play. I'm okay with it uh, on some situations. I still think that there were some instances where they should have gotten three points to at least come away with some uh, momentum. But regardless, I'm okay with being aggressive. Chiefs won the game. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the fact that the NFL overtime rule still allows uh, for only one team to potentially possess the ball. Um, if the Chargers would have gotten the ball after the Chiefs scored a touchdown, I would have been willing to bet that Herbert would have gone down and tied it up. But that's another conversation for the offseason. Anyway, great Thursday night game, pretty classic overtime. The Chiefs-Chargers, they split the series one-to-one. If they meet in the playoffs, I'm convinced that the Chargers are one of maybe two or three teams that could actually beat the Chiefs right now. Um, so that's just where I'm at there. Uh, Saturday, Patriots, Colts, uh, Colts and that ground attack were dominant inside of the dome. They beat the Patriots 27 to 17 Patriots were hot, but the Patriots were getting shut out going into the fourth quarter. They scored 17 in the fourth, um, but the game was pretty much over with going into that fourth quarter. Colts defense looked really good. And Jonathan Taylor may be in the running for MVP. Sunday slate, uh, we start off with Panthers and Bills. The Bills took care of business, 31-14, nothing crazy there. Lions pull off the ultimate shocker of the season so far in Detroit, beating the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, just an embarrassing loss for the Cardinals. I mean, six points, you know, one touchdown, and they missed the two-point conversion. Uh, a couple of field goals. Uh, the Lions, for whatever reason, and MCDC's got them playing hard, but the Lions showed up and the Cardinals did not. Dolphins and Jets. Dolphins extend their winning streak to six straight games. They beat the Jets 31-24. to Cowboys and Giants. Cowboys go into East Rutherford, win 21-6. to Giants offense, just two field goals. Uh, obviously, Mike Glennon leading the way there. Jake Fromm got in late, but the same old offensive struggles for the Giants. Titans and Steelers. Titans... Uh, Gets stopped on fourth down. Steelers win 19-13 in what was a classic game of two teams really battling for playoff positioning. Texans and Jaguars here in Duval County and the two worst teams in the NFL uh, certainly were on display. And we all know now that the Jaguars are the worst team in the NFL um, at 2-12. and 12, If the season ended today, they would have the first pick. Bengals and Broncos, the Bengals go into the Mile High City and win 15-10. to 10. Tough injury for Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, Drew Locke had to come in. Broncos have no offense um, with Drew Locke at quarterback. 49ers, Falcons, 49ers all over the Falcons, 31-13. to 13. The 49ers are really clicking. Uh, they're 5-1 in their last six, and George Kittle's an absolute beast. Packers, Ravens. Sunday night football. This one was a, or not Sunday night football, excuse me, just a later game on Sunday. Packers squeak it out 31 30. The backup quarterback, Tyler Huntley, for the Ravens played very well. Ravens, instead of going for an extra point to tie the game and give the ball to the Green Bay Packers with 40 seconds left um, and probably play an overtime, decide to go for two again. And again, they go for two and miss it, and it costs them a win. That's now twice this year where the Ravens have passed on going for the extra point to tie a game and play in overtime and try to win it uh, right there. There's definitely some thoughts to get into with that philosophy that we'll discuss. 
Saints and Bucks on Sunday night. My God, Alex, you t- you said it in the thread. What a snooze fest! Saints win nine to nothing. Brady uh, shut out. Um, lost a ton of players. Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin. So the Bucks are in real trouble heading into the playoffs now with that offensive um, firepower being depleted. Monday night we had a doubleheader because of uh, some COVID stuff. So Ravens and Browns are the first one. Uh, Browns were just hammered with COVID. Uh, they had Nick Mullins playing quarterback who's played in the league, but he's never played a snap for the Browns before Raiders win on a game winning field goal, 16 to 14, keep their playoff hopes alive. If the Browns would have won the game, they would have been in first place in the division because they lost the game. They're now the 10 seed in the AFC. So that's how much that game mattered to Cleveland Vikings and bears was the other one on Monday night. Minnesota went into soldier field, took care of business 17 to nine. Um, the Bears offense, they handcuff Justin Fields. Uh, their defense plays hard, uh, but their offense just has not, nothing going for them right now. And then the Tuesday football, Seahawks and Rams. Seahawks offense struggled. I had said that in the thread. I know you needed a big game for DK Metcalf. It did not happen. You had a big game from Cooper Cup. Not that it matters because you have him in our league. Rams win 20-10. to 10. Uh, They keep in pace now with the Cardinals for the division lead. Seahawks are in big trouble as they fall to 5-9. and nine. And then Washington and Philly, Jalen Hurts, he, he ran for two. He threw for one. He had some turnovers, but the Eagles rush offense was uh, dominant throughout the game. They win 27-17 to 17 in a game where Washington had to play a third-string quarterback as well. So that is what happened in what was a crazy week that went really from Thursday to Tuesday. So we got football um, early and often in this week. And I will say this, there were some surprising things, none more so than the fact that the Detroit Lions beat the Arizona Cardinals. That was shocking, surprising. Nobody saw it coming. Um, I would say that if I had to pick something that was disappointing, not that I'm a fan of the team, but, it's much better when they are, are good for, for our community. But the Jacksonville Jaguars were just absolutely disappointing. It's embarrassing that the Houston Texans beat them twice this year. Um, so that's my two cents on what was surprising and what was disappointing. Uh, what was impressive? The Saints defense. I mean, I know that the Bucks lost all their best guys, but the Saints defense still shut out the Bucks at home um, in a primetime game. That's super impressive. Uh, the, the fact that the Saints could win a game against the defending Super Bowl champs without scoring a touchdown, that's impressive. What do you got, Alex? I'm kind of right in line with you there. Um, I think the surprising thing to me was the Detroit Lions winning, not so much that that it was uh, disappointing on the Cardinals' part. Um, I am disappointed in, in the Bucks, though, despite having all that firepower. I mean, I get that you guys had some injuries, right, and some things weren't going right, but you could tell that Brady was getting into his own head. I mean, the guy broke a friggin' NFL league tablet sitting on the sideline. And That's right. Even... Microsoft, uh, not too pleased with that. He's not going to be a spokesperson anytime soon. Yeah. So um, he's, uh, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed that he couldn't, you know, he, he once again showed that he does have temper tantrums just like a child when it's not going his way all the time. So, um, you know, that, that led into their, I mean, come on, man, two scores. <laughs> That's all it took was two scores. You just had to get down the field. Well, you know, wh- whether that means you needed to take the ball and, and tuck it and run 10 yards because the well, the field was wide open. Um, I'm just a little bit disappointed in the fact that they still couldn't find a way to win. Um, 
But yeah, no, the surprising thing for me definitely was Dan Campbell's absolutely decimating the Cardinals. On they did. Every- yeah, good, good for them, man. So they scored quarter. I, I don't know what I don't know what kicked in for them, but it, it's finally working. Yeah, well, and you know, like I said, good, good for them. They're playing hard. It's showing. I mean, they may not you know, win any more games this year, but who knows? They're playing hard. So the, uh, the way that the picks worked out for the week, um, I went 12 and four, my dad went 10 and six, Matt went eight and eight, Alex went seven and nine. So for the season, I am sitting at 147 and 76. My dad is at 141 and 82. Alex is at 130 and 93. And then Matt is at 128 and 95 this week. You know, before we get into making the picks, I got to I got to say, we've seen a couple of things this year that I feel like it's been um, more apparent and more prevalent than any other season. The, the the covid the covid guessing game is obviously one thing and with the new variant and the league having to adapt and adjust rules. My hope is that. For the remaining of the regular season, because a lot of these games matter. I mean, 27 of the 32 teams are still mathematically alive for the playoffs. So that means really every game pretty much matters in terms of potential playoff and playoff seeding. Hopefully the league does not screw these teams out of their best players being available for these big games, because that just makes for a bad football when you got to bring up, you know, practice squad guys and guys who are delivering newspapers to play in a game on, on Sunday or Monday night or whenever. So hopefully the league can figure out their policy and get these guys who, you know, if they're vaccinated and they test positive and then they test, you know, two negatives, like just get them on the freaking field, especially if they're, you know, no symptoms, like just don't dilute your product. I know it's all about safety and all this stuff, but I mean, it's just, this is my opinion. We're not going to get political, but it's a glorified flu um, at this point. If these guys are vaccinated, if they're taking the precautions, if they're asymptomatic, let them play. Let them do what they do. Don't cripple their team. I mean, the Browns, the Browns had no chance to beat the Raiders on Monday. Uh, even even though the league let them, you know, p- push their game back, they didn't give them their players. So it, the Browns had no chance. You know, I mean, Washington in a game in the division against Philly, they had – to be they were forced to use their their third string quarterback i mean they're not going to win that game with their third string quarterback when philly's healthy and ready to roll in a game that matters in the division so those things are frustrating i hope the nfl figures it out and god forbid you get into a playoff game could you imagine dude if like if the bucks were in you know the the playoffs and they had to face green bay and you know rogers or brady wasn't allowed to play because of a covid oh my god Forget about it. Like the the oh. league does not want that nightmare to happen. All hell would break loose. Uh, exactly. Exactly right. Jaguar is even just barely having like a even like a wild card opportunity. If they were if they were even half decent, would be raving at the fact that they're starting quarterback. And it doesn't matter what team it yeah. is. Best team in the league, it'd be the worst team in the league. Everybody's gonna have the same reaction. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, as we look into these games, I mean shoot. There's still teams that are going to be missing some key guys. I mean, they're getting hammered with it right now. I mean, I know the Chargers, for a fact, are probably going to be down, you know, some some key players potentially if they can't get cleared and approved to play. So I just hope it doesn't become a big issue. Um, but we just got to kind of wait and see. And if you're a, 
you know, if you're trying to pick these games, it makes it difficult to pick because you don't know who the hell is going to get cleared to play. If you're trying to, you know, play fantasy football and you got a guy and you got no idea, I mean, it's it's a tough thing for for everybody who follows it in whatever capacity, whether they're, you know, playing in the game, whether you're betting on the game, whether you've got fantasy football impact implications, whatever the case may be. So that's one topic. And then the other one, dude, these these going for two-point conversions and going for fourth downs and trying to, you know, trying to win. I mean, I feel like this year the NFL and teams are looking at the analytics and being potentially over-aggressive to where it's starting – to hurt themselves. I mean, I'm all I'm all okay as a coach. If you want to win and you ask your players, and of course the players want to go, they want to go win the damn game. But at the same time, you're you literally you play hard for 60 minutes in the case of the Ravens, right? Yeah. And the game literally comes down to one play. You make it, you're a freaking genius and you probably win. You miss it, you obviously are down and probably not getting the ball back and in their cases losing the game. Hindsight's always 50-50, I get that, but do you think that there, A, has there been more over-aggression this year in the league, and B, do you think it's costing teams games and it's and it's poor game management by the coaches? Um, I, I think that there has been a lot more risks taken. I think we've seen more fourth down attempts this year than we have any other year. I mean, we see it, we're seeing them on, on the team's own side, you know, of the 50 still trying to do it so um it really i I guess it just kind of depends on it but i've seen a lot of teams where they're like yeah we're gonna go for the two-point conversion at the beginning of the game have to do something like that you're just trying to up the score and now they're down because they didn't get that thing and then and then they go for it again on their next score to try and even it out and they missed it so now they're down again right yeah i'll give you i'll give you a couple of scenarios that i've noticed throughout the course of the season. And I, listen, there are times where I'm all for, you know, if it's if it's fourth and two, fourth and three, you're kind of in no man's land for a field goal or a punt. Like, I'm all I'm all for those kind of aggressive fourth down plays. That's fine. Uh, going for two early, like you mentioned, I don't understand how that makes any kind of sense unless you, like, have a freak injury of a field goal kicker and you got nobody to kick. Right. It makes no sense to, like – It's like, yeah, it's like they're trying to, like, win some mind game or something. Like, there's yeah. No- there was there was a scenario in the Chargers and Bengals game a few weeks ago where uh, the Chargers were winning. They had scored a touchdown to extend their lead, and um, they were up seven. With the extra point, they would have been up eight, which in my mind, you kick the extra point, you're up eight because at the very worst, Cincinnati can only tie, and that's if they score the touchdown and get the two. Staley goes for two to try to put them up nine and they miss it. And so then it's a seven point lead. Like to me, that's when you're being a little too aggressive. Now I know nine points means that it's a two possession game for Cincinnati. I get, I get where the logic comes from to go for it in that situation. I just don't think that it's necessary, especially with the amount of time that was left in the game. It was still in the third quarter. Like if it was late in the fourth quarter and you didn't want the Bengals to um, get two two possessions because there wasn't enough time or whatever, I I get it. But that was one of those ones where it was a little bit over aggressive for my taste. And then 
I mean, the Ravens have lost two games this season where they've gone for two at the end of the game to try to win it instead of go for the extra point to tie it and force overtime. And so the train of thought from Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, in the first one against Pittsburgh was they had lost like three corners over the course of the game, and he didn't want to play defense because they literally had like nobody left in the secondary to play defense. So he's like, fuck it, we're going to win because we I don't want to play defense because we can't. And then this past week against Green Bay, you know, they had a lot of momentum. They were coming back. You know, there was only 40 seconds left in the game once they scored the touchdown and they decided to go for two because they didn't want to give Aaron Rodgers 40 seconds with the ball. And Mm -hmm. they didn't want to risk potentially going into overtime and the Green Bay Packers winning the coin toss and, you know, scoring a touchdown and then never basically just not wanting to give Rodgers the ball back. So, I understand where uh, his logic was coming from, but I think for th- this case, in the case of the Green Bay game, I would have I would have kicked it. I mean, I know you're on the road, and on the road you play to win. I get all the cliches, but that's now two games where that's cost Baltimore. And um, I mean, they were lucky to be in the game with a backup quarterback, but those are those are decisions that are tough for fans to swallow. I mean. Like I said, you're either the hero or the goat. It's a 50-50, and hindsight's always 20-20. So can't be too, um, you know, you can't be too harsh on them for making these decisions. But sometimes, you know, you got to try to just, you know, live to see another day. I mean, you don't know if Green Bay gets the ball with 40 seconds and Rodgers tries to make a play and then you get a pick or a sack fumble, and the next thing you know, you've got the ball in great field position with freaking Jet – Justin Tucker ready to kick a 50 yard game winning field goal. Like you just never know sometimes. So that's, that's my little diatribe there. Like you mentioned, Alex, it has definitely been more noticeable in terms of the aggression on going for it in fourth downs on their side of the field, going for two early in the game, things like that. And I'm sure we're going to see it um, continue to play out these last three weeks. Cause let's face it, there's going to be teams who are in, we have to win this game desperation type of mode. So it should make for an interesting an interesting week. Speaking of an interesting week, we started off Thursday night football in a game with two teams battling for battling for playoff seating for a spot in the playoffs. You got the 49ers going to Nash Vegas to play against the Tennessee Titans. 49ers have been rolling Titans kind of up and down really since uh, they lost Derrick Henry uh, right now. You know, the Titans are the three seed and they're in the first place in the AFC South 49ers are six seed. Uh, they're third place in the division, but they're a six seed wild card. So these are technically, this is a playoff game. If you go by the, uh, the current standing. So uh, I know the 49ers they're getting back um, Debo Samuel He's fully healthy. George Kittle's playing lights out football. The Titans are getting A.J. Brown back on offense. Um, But I know uh, I've seen it enough now, and I know where you stand on this, but Tannehill's not the guy to win them games when it matters without Derrick Henry. And for that reason, I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree. I I hate where this is – this is taking the team that we all knew was going to come back and they were going to have a 2000 yard rusher and things were going to be all fine and dandy. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
that unfortunately is not the case, and I feel terrible for Derrick Henry because that guy's going to win MVP this year. Yeah, poor guy. However, I, again, as we say this every week, I'm not changing my picks despite my record. And, <laughs> um, and I picked Tennessee to win this game. All right, so you've got the Titans. That actually makes it a swing pick as Alex uh, or as uh, Matt and my dad also have the 49ers. So I know you're not thrilled with it because there's no Derrick Henry, but uh, that does make it a swing pick for you. Yeah. Next game we've got is Browns-Packers. Uh, the Browns just, you don't know, they got nobody left on the team right now with how things are going with COVID. Um, Packers are obviously battling. They're the number one seed in the NFC trying to keep that. Uh, Browns are fighting for their playoff lives. They're at seven and seven, but they're the 12 seed right now. Uh, this is Aaron Rodgers at home, healthy with a defense that's playing well. I'm taking the Packers. Yeah. Um, this one was kind of easy for me. I, I just, we all knew, you know, I, I picked this. I picked the Packers this season with the assumption that Aaron Rodgers was going to be the quarterback. Uh, yay me. You're correct. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we're good there. Um, however, I I, def- I still have the pack here. I, I do want to say, though, I, I don't think we see the same type of aggressiveness or anything like that, um, only because they're the only team in the NFL right now to have clinched the playoff in the number one seed. So um, I, I think we might see them play a little bit more conservatively because at this point, it doesn't matter if they lose the next three games. They're in the playoffs as the number one seed, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, they, they are the first team to clinch a playoff spot, but we've all got the Packers. No shock there. This next one is another huge game. Colts go to the desert to play against the Desert Birds. The Cardinals coming off that disappointing loss to the Lions. Right now the line sits at minus one and a half Arizona over under 49 and a half. I've got to be honest, I'm going to go with the team that just is playing better football, um, needs needs it a little bit more potentially. I mean, the Cardinals are still technically first place in the division, but I'm going to go with the Colts. I think the running game travels. I think the defense is there. And Arizona's just not clicking right now. Yeah, um, we saw that this week. Uh, terrible showing against uh, Detroit. Um, I do agree with you. I, I definitely think that this is the Colts game to win. Unfortunately, I did not pick the Colts. <laughs> um, if I was if I was a betting man, I would definitely put the money down on the Colts um, to win this one. I, I feel like they've just got a lot more going for them. I know everybody knows that they want the game. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is having a ridiculous friggin' year. Um, so, yes. I, I mean, you they're giving this guy the rock 30 times a game. You know what I mean? Like, the guy is just absolutely destroying every team he comes up against. There's not, not a single team has been able to stop him this year. So... Um, they're going to keep with that game plan. Obviously, the the run game worked for Detroit last week. It's going to work for the Colts this week. Um, Cardinals have got to figure it out. Kyler Murray has got to figure it out. There's there's absolutely no reason why Colt McCoy was even in the game last week. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, the you know the Cardinals do win because that's who I pick. But uh, we'll yeah, see. that gives you a uh, that gives you a swing pick there. As the rest of us have the Colts. Uh, the next one. Buccaneers go to Carolina play the Panthers right now. It's Bucks minus 10 and a half. The over under is 44. I know the Bucks just got hit with a lot of injuries, but they're still playing for something that matters. And I'm not going to bet against Brady. So I'm taking the Bucks. Carolina's offense without McCaffrey is non-existent. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know why I would have to even say this one. But... 
because uh, I only had the Panthers winning two. Um, and it wasn't this one. Yeah, uh, that being said, I don't have them winning this one at all. I don't think anybody should really have them winning this one, despite the injuries that the Buccaneers have. So, uh, go, go Bucks. All right, so no no shock there. We are all on the Bucks. Uh, this next one, we can be brief. I'm pretty sure we're all similar here. Chargers, Texans, Chargers minus 10, over under 45 and a half. I know the Chargers have a couple of guys on the COVID list waiting to see if they're going to be available. But even if they're not available, the Chargers are right now playing much better football. They've got much better quarterback. Uh, so I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, if anybody picks the Texans, uh, I would question whether or not they're a sane person. Are they even watching, right? Yeah. All right, so we are all on the Chargers. No shock there. Uh, this nether one or this next one may be, uh, maybe a little bit more interesting. You got giants Eagles right now. It's Philadelphia minus 10 over under 40 and a half. That's a big spread for a game that is traditionally very tight. I know the giants offense has been virtually non-existent, but for whatever reason, these teams play tight because of the division rivalry. Um, listen, if I had any confidence in the Giants to be able to score points, I'd roll with them. But right now, the, the Eagles rushing game looks really good. Their defense is forcing turnovers. Um, so for that reason, uh, I'm going to take the Eagles to win the game in what will probably be a tighter than a 10-point game. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was kind of an insult last week for the Giants when there was a 10.5-point or 11.5-point spread. Um I foolishly laid down points for that, and I shouldn't have. Um, boo me. That said, <laughs> I, I picked the Giants because I absolutely refuse to pick Philadelphia over us. I hate them. I hate you guys all so much. You're disgusting. <laughs> um, all right, so you and Matt are rolling with the Giants, uh, probably under the premise of you know it's always a tight game between these two. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean – the Eagles are definitely battling for their playoff lives and the Giants aren't eliminated yet. So the game matters. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, next one, AFC North, big game, Ravens, Bengals. Right now it's Bengals minus two and a half over under 44 and a half. Still no, uh, no indication on whether the Ravens are going to have Lamar Jackson or not. Even if they do have Lamar Jackson, I'm rolling with the Bengals. I think they're uh, a more complete team right now, and I think Burrow is a better quarterback uh, at this point. I, so I'm going with uh, Cincinnati in what is basically a winner is going to probably win this division type of game. So I'm going with the Bengals. Yeah, um, I went with the with the Ravens here. I'm actually a little bit more comfortable with this pick now that Tyler Huntley is under center. He's playing uh, pretty well because he is a quarterback. Um despite what a lot of people think, and I know they draw a lot of comparisons between him and Lamar Jackson because of his runability, what separates them two is that he ha he knows when to run as a quarterback because there's nothing available, but he can also throw the ball into very tight windows repeatedly. And yeah. we've seen that week over week. So, um, you know, despite how well the Bengals have been playing, and they had a little hiccup last week, um, but despite how well they've been playing overall this season, I was a little hesitant um with this pick earlier on but now that i've seen tyler huntley and him doing you know everything that you would want a, a franchise quarterback to be doing um I, i'm a lot i'm a lot more confident in this pick yeah and it's a huge game i mean right now they're both eight and six the Bengals are the four seed and the division leaders the ravens technically are the eight seed and outside of the playoffs 
And what's more amazing, too, as we kind of come down the stretch, 13 teams in the AFC have seven wins or more. I mean, it's going to be a mad dash to the finish line. Week 18 is going to be just a free-for-all. So we'll see how uh, that one shapes up. This next one, Lions and Falcons. Right now it's Atlanta minus six over under 42.5. I think Detroit, once again, is going to give them a game. Um, but I will take the Falcons. I know they looked terrible against the 49ers last week, but I also think that the, the Lions are not going to sustain the kind of success that they just had. I think that the Falcons will bounce back and the Lions will come back down to earth. So I've got the Falcons. You know, I agree. I, I do. I, I kind of I kind of see some kind of little jump flashback type situation where it's like, all right, you guys had your moment, you know, time to come back down to earth. Um I had Detroit winning one game this season. Okay. Yes, you did. One game. And this is the one game I had Detroit winning. How about that? Really hope that they don't come back with that whole I need to come back to earth type situation. <laughs> doing a lot better. Um, I've all I said it often all season long that they're gonna be a very bad, good football team. They have been. They and they have been. You you've seen they it. They lose, I mean, but they cover a lot of spreads. Six of their losses are within one score. So, That's what I'm saying. They cover the spread. <laughs> so, so That uh, makes you a bad, good football team. Yeah, makes you a really bad, good football team. Um, That's it. And, and that, I think that just comes with first season woes, new quarterback, new head coach, new system, all that jazz. But um, this is the one game I have Detroit winning. This is the one game I hope that they prove me right and win. I think I would not be, I would not be surprised. I mean, the Falcons aren't exactly world beaters. That gives you another – swing pick as the rest of us have the Falcons. So you've got a swing pick so far with the Titans. You've got a swing pick with the Cardinals. You've got a swing pick with the Ravens and now a swing pick with the Lions. So you could be making some moves this week. I could, I could either be coming in, coming up real close to, to second place or, <laughs> or, or going back in the rear view mirror. Now this, this next game, this is, this game is who wants the first overall pick. The Jaguars go to the Meadowlands to play against the Jets. Right now, it's virtually a pick 'em. It's it's the Jets minus one over unders forty one and a half. I'm taking the Jets because I have seen enough Sad Cats football to know that this team does not play offense. They don't step up and play disciplined defense. They literally are the worst team in the league. And believe it or not, they only won one game last year. This team is actually worse than last year's team that only won one game. And this team has two wins. They're not getting their third. I'm taking the Jets. And I had them winning, I think, five games this year. But now, no. I had them them winning seven. Yeah, well, then this had to be one of them. This is definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) I mean, it could happen if Trevor Lawrence, you know, plays like the number one overall pick. This is number one versus number two here. Yeah, I I mean, I, I definitely do. I really hope that they, you know, pull their head out of their ass and they get it figured out and stop with the whole media distraction. Cause I really think that's hampering the team right now. I think a lot of the players are just kind of hooked on everything that was involved with the whole urban Meyer situation. And none of them have found a way to let that go and move on as a football team. Um, I, I think if they take that step this week, then, you know, we can kind of see some life. I'm saying that it's going to be a salvage season by any means, because now they got to go back to the drawing board, but um, I have the Jaguars. I hope, I hope they do get the win pulled out. Um, and I hope that they can kind of show you know, maturity as a play as a as a player base, um, you know, for their fans and and and, t- and you know, kind of remind everybody that it's time to move forward. You know, 
that's that's gone. That's done. Let's let's pull our pants up and let's start winning games. Yeah, we'll see. So that one, uh, that one is a complete coin flip. This next one, uh, and that one becomes another pick em or another swing pick for you, as everybody else has the Jets. You've got the Jags. Rams Vikings right now it's Rams minus three road favorite over under 49 and a half Vegas does not given the Vikings any home love um, after their um, their win against the Bears in which their defense played very well uh, I'm going with the Rams to win this road game but this is probably the least confident pick that I have I, th- I one thing I will say is that um, I think that the Rams defense is finally starting to shape up a little bit and they figured out that Sony Michelle is the best running back that they have and they're starting to utilize him and as we all know to this point Cooper Cup is unguardable um, so they're going to keep rolling with Cooper Cup and feeding Sony Michelle and I think that the Rams squeak this one out but Minnesota is going to come throwing punches there's no doubt about it yeah I got the Rams too I mean I, I had them going a long long friggin' way um, they still have a chance to do that. So let's, let's roll with that. Atmosphere. Yep, they sure do. All right. Well, that's a 50, 50 split. Then you and I are on the Rams, Matt and my dad are on the Vikings. Uh, this next one, huge divisional matchup in the AFC bills, Patriots right now. You're looking at, uh, the Patriots are the two seed first place in the division. The bills are the seven seed second place in the division. So it's technically a playoff game. Bills seem to have found their mojo after their uh, their win against Carolina, where they actually ran the ball effectively for the first time all year. The Patriots are starting to get that rookie quarterback. Um, the, the rookie quarterback blues as Mac Jones has definitely come down to earth. Right now it's Patriots minus two and a half over under 43 and a half. Listen, the last time these two teams played, it was in Orchard Park, and there was 50-mile-an-hour winds. You can't throw the football when it's that windy, which is Buffalo's game. It's not going to be like that in New England, which I think obviously helps Josh Allen. The Patriots are starting to um, show their lack of uh, talent, I think, on offense in terms of scoring points. Their defense is still very good and very sound. I am going to take the Bills in this one to bounce back uh, even the series at one to one, and um, try to edge out the Patriots for the division in what is probably going to be a tight race. But I am taking the Bills to win a road game here uh, in December in Foxborough. Uh, you got no, no, nothing, nothing back for me on this one, man. I, I went with the Bills here. I had the Bills winning the division. Uh, Patriots coming in second. Not obviously with as many wins as they do have. So, um, you know, whatever. But uh, I got the Bills. We're circling them wagons. And All right. We'll see what happens. That gives Matt the swing pick as he went with the Patriots. The rest of us are circling the wagons. This next game is another another interesting one. Um, Bears go to Seattle. Right now, Seahawks minus six and a half over under 43 and a half. Seattle's offense did not look good at all against the Rams. Bears' offense did not look good at all against the Vikings. Which offense is going to show up? I have no freaking clue. I'm just willing to bet and and put my trust in Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf more than I am willing to put my trust in Justin Fields and the fact that Matt Nagy is still the coach in Chicago. So for that reason, I'm taking Seattle. That and the fact that the Bears are 
mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs, so the game doesn't matter to, for the Bears. Seattle still has a chance mathematically to be in a playoff spot, so it matters for Seattle, and it's a home game. Because it matters to Seattle and because it's a home game, the 12th man will show up. We all know the Seahawks are a different team out there in the great Northwest. You know better than most, Alex. So I'm taking Russ to cook up a win. You know, I really hate myself sometimes <laughs> because this is a game that I would absolutely – I need Seattle to win just because, you know, I cheer for them on the side. Um, unfortunately for me, I picked the Bears to win. All right, you've got the Bears just like Matt. <laughs> I got the Bears. you got the Bears to go into Seattle and, and steal one. Now, if the Bears win this game – that ends Seattle season, so it's going to be a big game. There's no yeah. doubt. I'm not a fan of it. I had where did I have Seattle going? I had Seattle second in the division and going to the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, they can still get in the playoffs, which means that you could be right for the for the playoff uh, the playoff prediction and possibly the seeding. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. This- this next one, another divisional uh, matchup. It's pretty much a, t- a pick em game. Right now it's Raiders minus one as they host the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke will be the quarterback for Denver, and we all know what that means for their offense. He probably won't show up. I'm going to take uh, Las Vegas to win this game, uh, partially because of the, the distrust I have for the Broncos' um, offense with Drew Locke. Broncos are fighting for their playoff lives. I mean, both these teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. They're in the hunt, but they're on the outside looking in, so they're on the bubble. Um, it's a huge, it's a huge game between these two in the division. I just think that the Raiders have the players, and so I'm taking the Raiders as much as that pains me to say it. I'm taking the Raiders to win the game. Yeah, you definitely don't ever want to admit that. Um, right. This is an easy pick for me. I, I picked the Raiders. I, I'm not. I have not been confident in the Bucks or not the Bucks. Sorry, the Broncos in a very long time. Um, and this just kind of. Brothers. Well, you haven't liked them. I mean, knowing that Bridgewater is the quarterback, a.k.a. no quarterback. Yeah, I had them going 3-14 and 14 this year, so I, no surprise there. They're, they suck, but <laughs> defense has helped them out. I just don't think the defense is going to help them out with Drew Locke under center because the guy's been the starting quarterback and then lost the role and then became the starting quarterback and lost the role, and now he's, by the grace of injury, the starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah, so that that's that tells you all you need to know right there. Yeah. See, uh, Steelers, Chiefs in Arrowhead right now. It's Chiefs minus seven and a half. Over under is forty four. Steelers obviously coming off a big home victory. Uh, Chiefs going on the road with the big victory in overtime over the Chargers. Chiefs are the one seed right now. Uh, Steelers are battling for a playoff spot. They're the nine seed, so they desperately need uh, to pull off another huge upset. I don't think they will. Unfortunately, I would love, I would love for the Steelers to win this game, but I'm picking the Chiefs. Uh, for the sole fact that, unfortunately, they're playing good, sound football right now. I mean, they're on a hot streak. Would it would it be lovely if T.J. Watt just wrecks havoc on the game and sacks Mahomes like four times? Absolutely, it would be great. It'd be great if Najee Harris could get the ball enough to where he runs for 150 yards and two touchdowns, and Big Ben doesn't throw any picks and they win the game. Do I think that's going to happen? No. Will I be rooting for that and watching and being hopeful? Of course I will. Um, But all that being said, I'm taking the Chiefs, unfortunately, to win the football game. 
Yeah, um, I picked the Chiefs here. The Steelers were another team that I really wasn't too fond of this season. Um, I, I did have them getting seven wins, but this was, I said at the beginning of the season, and it seems like it's going to be uh, coming to fruition here that it would end up being, um, you know, Big Ben's and Mike Tomlin's last season together. Um, and both probably their last seasons for that team. Um, that looks to be. It looks like it. More and more like the case every week. Um, I've got the Chiefs. I, we all knew the Chiefs were going to go far this season. They had a couple woes, but they, they've kind of picked it back up. Uh, yeah, they're right back where they believe to be. So we uh, we are all on the Raiders. We're now all on the Chiefs. This next one is Cowboys and Washington. Um, Dallas minus 10.5, over under 47.5. Uh, Sunday night football in Jerry World. Washington probably uh, playing a third-string QB again. Um, that being said, I think Dallas's defense is going to force turnovers again because they seem to be very good at that this year. Much different defense with Dan Quinn being the D coordinator this year. Well, as much as it pains me to say it, the Cowboys can stay in games because of their defense. Uh, I am taking Dallas to win and to pretty much sew up the division. Um. Dude, I don't even like saying this. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Lead them, boys. Oh, yeah. So you got Dallas there. Not not because you want to, but because of Prince. Uh, not because I want to at all. I just I had them winning this one, given the given Washington another loss in the in the division. I had Washington winning the division, so um that's obviously not gonna happen anymore. But um yeah, I had Cowboys winning this one. All right, that brings us to the Monday night matchup, which is kind of an interesting Monday night game, if I'm being honest. It's Dolphins traveling to New Orleans to play against the Saints. Right now it's Saints minus three over under 38 and a half. Uh, they obviously think that the defenses are going to show up and that the quarterbacks are going to struggle. Um, usually that means the opposite's going to happen, but I could see this being a lower scoring game. I'm taking the Saints to win um, for the fact that they're, I mean, they're both they're both in in the hunt, both on the playoff bubble. Um, but I think that the Saints are just playing a little bit better football all around right now. I mean, I know the Dolphins are hot, six straight wins, but let's face it, they haven't exactly been uh, you know overly impressive. Wins are wins in the NFL, though, so you got to give them credit for that. Um, if the Dolphins get Jalen Waddle back, that's a big mystery. That's definitely a game changer there. Um, the Saints, though, you know, they just keep marching on. Kamara makes plays. They're getting, they've got Mark Ingram back for their Thunder and Lightning running attack. And the defense is still making plays and getting after the quarterback, as we saw against the Bucks this past week. So I'm taking the Saints to protect their turf at home and stay alive in the playoff picture. Yeah, dude, for me, it, it, I, I don't like the Saints. I haven't liked the Saints all season. Um, they're just too wishy-washy for me. Um, so this makes my pick a little bit more comfortable for me and the fact that I only had the Saints winning three. Um, I like the hot streak that Miami's on, which, again, makes me feel good about the pick. because yeah, I went six in a row. Yeah, I got Miami. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I'd keep doing it this week at least, please. Uh, yeah, for real, that would be a swing pick for you as everybody else has got the Saints. So I've got, like, 13 swing picks. I'm this telling you, this, this could be a monumental – a monumental week for Alex in the picks. As uh, it starts out Thursday, Alex has got the Titans. The rest of us have the Niners. We are all chalk on the Packers. 
Alex has got the Cardinals. The rest of us have the Colts. We're all chalk on Bucks, all chalk on Chargers. 50-50 split. The Giants boys are whirling with the Giants. My dad and myself are on the Eagles. Alex has got the Ravens. The rest of us are on the Bengals. Alex has got the Lions. The rest of us are on the Falcons. Alex has got the Jaguars. The rest of us are on the Jets. This is the theme of the show, folks. Uh, Rams are are, uh, 50-50 split with the Vikings. Me and Alex are on the Rams. Matt and my dad on the Vikings. Matt with his sole swing pick. He's got the Patriots. The rest of us are circling the wagon with the Bills. 50-50 split between the Seahawks and the Bears. My dad and I with the Seahawks. Matt and Alex with the Bears. We are all chalk on Raiders, all chalk on Chiefs, and all chalk on Cowboys. So those three games do not matter. And then Alex finishes it up with a swing pick. So he starts with a swing pick. He ends with a swing pick. He's got the Dolphins. The rest of us have the Saints. So it's going to be a classic week in the NFL. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, tons of playoff implications in terms of seeding, who lives to see another week of meaningful football, whose bubble gets bursted, all sorts of things. Um, well, I'll end it with this. I'll end it with this uh, statement right here. Um, it is absolutely the season on the line for the Giants as they are four and ten going into the week. Must win in order to stay alive. A loss and they are eliminated. Um, so that should let everybody in Big Blue Nation know that, hey, it literally is uh, must win, win or go home time now. They've made it. They've made it this far. 16 weeks of meaningful games. Can they get another one? We will see. So for Matt, who is on the, the, the bench for the week, and Alex and myself, it has been another lovely episode of Pound the Pigskin where it is all football all the time, and we will see you next week.